It's Tuesday, May the 12th, and this is Particularly Baptist, the podcast of Emmanuel Baptist Church of Sacramento. Um, I'm Pastor Rob, I'm here with Pastor Steve this morning, and off the back of our Q&A last week, Steve, we decided, because our congregation were very encouraging to us, to start this podcast. It's good to have you here this morning. Yeah, it's good to be here, and that's uh, exactly right. The uh, Q&A was... uh well-received, and particularly, I think, just an encouraging um, opportunity in this time of separation to communicate with, with our congregation, right. and uh, more than just a didactic opportunity of us teaching, but to insight into how we're talking together. Yeah, I was greatly encouraged by the folks afterwards. Um, I think we are feeling just the distance and the, the lack of you know being with our people, and I think it helped at least in a small way to bridge some of that. And help our people to maybe get a little bit of an insight into how we're thinking, how we're wrestling through this, you know, crisis and how to lead the church forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's really where we're at this morning. We're going to talk really about the whole issue of patience, which the Lord is definitely teaching us uh, as men, I think as husbands, as as fathers and as as shepherds. Um, We want to talk about patience in a crisis uh, as Christians and as a church. Yeah, patience. Um, my grandfather once told me, uh, "Don't ever pray for patience because you'll get it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be careful when you pray for patience because the Lord will send you tribulation because yep. it works patience. Yeah, <laughs> I grew yeah. up on those things too, Steve, for sure. Yeah, and so you know, I think this morning would be good for us to start. You know, in terms of, you know, where do we go in Scripture, Steve, when we think about you know patience? What, what is the Lord? There's a lot in the Bible about the grace of patience, the need of patience. What are some of the texts that have the Lord has used for you as you've wrestled with, okay, we're going to have to be patient and work through this. This is significantly challenging. Yeah, it's a a pervasive theme in the New Testament, and it's really significant, actually, and it stood out to me more than once how often patience and faith are closely linked together uh, in terms of the Christian life as one of the virtues or fruits of saving faith. Um, and, and it's sometimes translations will vary. Um, so sometimes the words that would be translated either patience or endurance, but they both have the same underlying, um, Greek term and the same, uh, perspective. So you have texts like, um, of course, places like in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, where the Lord talks about the one who endures or is patient until the end will be saved. Um, uh, significantly in the parable of the four soils, uh, when the Lord describes the fourth soil, uh, the one that receives the word, he describes it as the good soil, those who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Uh, the whole uh, contrast between the fourth soil and the other three soils uh, was the other three soils uh, quickly abandoned the faith when trials came with mm. the pleasures of the world, with the attacks of the evil one. Um, significantly, too, in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he defends his apostleship and contrasts himself with the false teachers that had um, crept into the church in Corinth, he points out his patience uh, more than once. In, in chapter 6, he says, As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great patience. And then he goes on in verse 4 to, uh, to you have need of endurance or need of patience so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And that great epistle about holding fast to Christ as the great high priest um, underlying throughout that epistle is the need to be patiently trusting him 
in the midst of our trials. So that, that's just sampling. I mean, we could go to many other passages, and maybe there's some others that you'd want to bring up. But, um, I mean, patience is not insignificant related to our, our walk with Christ and our, our uh, trusting him in the circumstances he ordains. Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, you brought up the Hebrews, you know, the, the book of Hebrews, and, you know, Hebrews 12 comes to mind for me where, you know, the writer of Hebrews is exhorting us to run with endurance the race that is set before yeah. us. And then he, he says, looking to Jesus. Yeah. So he sets the Lord before us as an example of someone who patiently ran the race that the Father had given him. And of course, he is our, our, our Savior and our great example. And it's interesting that he, he talks about the fact that Christ, you know, endured from sinners such hostility against himself. There is a, there is a, a clear example of patient endurance in doing the will of the Father on the earth for the salvation of his people that Christ himself exemplifies to us that we then have to learn from as we too, you know, persevere in our faith. And of course, right at the heart of the perseverance of the saints yeah. is this whole idea that it requires patient endurance of whatever uh, God in his providence brings to us. And, and I think that for me in recent days, that's been you know that bigger that bigger doctrine of okay, God and His providence has ordained all of this, right? Uh, now I have a responsibility as a Christian to figure out how to respond to all of this. Um, big part of it is is going to require patience because there's so much confusion mm. out there, so much chaos going on. Uh, you could easily get sucked into all of that and and, and react in carnal, sinful, you know, ungodly ways um, and recognizing then, okay, this is going to require, you know, a patient look into the Lord for wisdom and, and help. Um, and I think, that, you know, at the personal level, that's where it first starts for us. You know, how do we lead our families through this? Yeah. How, do we, how do we keep our wife's hearts through this? How do we deal with our children? You know, I've had a, a grandson born in the <laughs> middle of this. I've got a daughter who wants to be married on June the 19th in the middle of this. So we've had a lot of family challenge just keeping our daughter safe as she gave birth to my grandson and then uh, my daughter and our heart, keeping her heart as she's not going to have the wedding that she we had planned. We have to accept that, you know, um, and recognizing that, uh, yep, we have to look to the Lord, be patient, work through this. And then on top of that, then you and I have had to work it out together as brothers, never having dreamt we'd ever face this, and then l give leadership within our eldership and to our congregation, who we, we obviously deeply miss right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit more of them, Steve, about how, how we're you know how we've led uh, thus far. You know, what are some of the we, we we gave the congregation quite a good insight, I think, on Wednesday night as to how we've been processing. Uh, the the situation you know we, we talk about our governor Gavin he's now our friend almost yeah, because exactly. we, we listen to him <laughs> old, so much Gav. Uh, we probably know more about what he says than any other governor in the history of America but you know we're, we're at the point now and the whole nation is at this point in the churches I think of saying you know I, I, the, the article that came out yesterday I thought was very helpful from nine marks but I didn't realize the Spanish flu pandemic had been like a four week situation I mean we're two and a half times beyond that yeah, and not being gathered together, um, and what you're referring to there is is the in the District of Columbia right. churches assembling right. were banned for a month, a month, and and we're now looking at three times that very right. soon in a couple weeks. Right, and so we've got there's a lot of burden on all of our hearts. 
we miss the gathering of the saints. We're, there's a huge hole in our Christianity right now because we're not gathered on the Lord's Day as we ought to be. We recognize why, because of the public health. And we, we want to be very, very sensitive to that. And we want to follow the guidelines to love our neighbor. Um, but now we're balancing the challenges of the government's decisions, us being in an American context, which is different from a, a British context or a, a German context or whatever. And then us also being concerned about our spiritual well-being as a congregation. But we're trying to exercise patience in all of that. Um, what are some of the factors that we need to be continuing to be looking at and evaluating as we, we seek to exercise patience and yet the pressure is building to be gathered back together? Yeah. I think, you know, just even thinking about what we've just surveyed in Scripture and how closely patience is tied to our persevering in the faith and to our obeying and glorifying God. Uh, you really can't extricate um, patience from the other commands that God gives us, like submission to governing authorities. Right. I mean, what does that require? It requires patience with, when we think things are unjust, that requires patience with justice or, right. or right. patience in discerning um, when would be the uh, the the time to disobey or to defy, you know, uh, improper governing lead, uh, authority. And so it's just really, it's impossible for us at any level of the Christian life, as we think of love, as we think of uh, concern, as we think of submission to proper authorities at every level, uh, from the home out into mm -hmm. society, uh, patience is uh, absolutely required for all of that. Um, as we think of as pastors, um, being patient as we seek to, by God's help, disciple a congregation. Um, I don't know if you've noticed in your years of being a pastor, it's occurred to me more than once that people grow at different rates, <laughs> and it's never the rate that I would prefer. <laughs> right, never as, never as. Yeah. And I haven't grown at the rate my wife would prefer. <laughs> um, my elders don't grow at the rate I would prefer, exactly. and I'm sure I'm the same. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we all have that uh, uh, impatience um, with with all of these things. And so the, the underlying virtue of patience, um, we'll find it before and within every duty that God calls us to and right. every responsibility. Um, and, and so we see that really, really clearly. And so we have to recognize that it helps us um, take down the blood pressure right. a little bit. And then again, we have to really contrast that and be wise against what we're fighting. We don't live in a patient society. Uh, we're the, the instant society instant everything it's a very antithesis of patience i mean i laugh talking with my children about um you know the the you know disney plus streaming and the ability to watch like whatever disney movie they want you know during this quarantine and different times and it's and watch it now yeah i couldn't even <laughs> fathom that at their age i yeah. mean I don't, yeah. you know sometimes i laugh at you know and i've told them stories i'm like well if, if you had to go out with your with my parents and my favorite cartoon was on well i just missed it <laughs> that's how that worked there was no video machines <laughs> by no, then or anything. Yeah. yeah maybe you'll get a rerun in the summer but that right. was it yeah. um yeah. and you know they looked at me like what strange backward conditions you know or one of my you know children says well, was that back in the 1900s and i'm like yeah back in the 1900s um <laughs> So we live in it, and so we have to recognize as Christians that the cultural winds blowing right. against us right. are impatience. And even in, you, we can see, if we take time to observe, impatience behind the demand for our rights, the demand for things now, right. anger, really, a lot of it, really what's underlying um, um, sinful anger right. would be impatience. Right, exactly. 
And I think that you know it's not it's not by mistake that you know when when Paul writes in Galatians that you know one of the fruit of the spirit yeah. is patience, and that, that, that it's it's really the Holy Spirit that we need to help us to address the impetuosity, the the rising of our spirits, the self will. We want what we want, and we want it now. Um, and that is you know carnality, that is worldliness of the heart, that is in all of us till we get to glory. Um, but we must mortify and we must trust and we must look to the Lord for the grace that we need. Uh, and every single day is a new battle because there's another issue will arise that will test our ability to be patient. You know, from to your point, whether it's just something as simple as watching a TV show that we want, we, we need to just recognize, you know, we can't watch it now. We've got, you know, other things happening. Or something as significant yeah. as we're wrestling with, which is, do we call the church to gather now? And, and then we've got the weightier issue of do we call the church to gather in a context where there's abject confusion about authority and government overreach and all of the challenges that that brings. And you've got a, a congregation that's you know not all on the same page politically, not all on the same page spiritually, uh, not all on the same page just by way of being informed. Mm -hmm. um, we don't believe we're perfectly informed. We're, we're partially informed ourselves trying to keep up to date with Gavin and all the rest of it and the local authorities. It, it, it demands even an, a, a patient approach just to come to a place of some reasonable clarity as to what ought we to do, you know, as we move forward. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, even as you and I have wrestled with this, Steve, you know, we, we talked about, you know, maybe back in April we were dreaming of the, well, May the 17th, you know, and then Gavin put it back to the 22nd. And, you know, we were disappointed. That was a disappointment. But again, we have to be patient. You know, there are things I'd, I'm sure he knows, obviously, that I don't know. Um, and yet you're still trying to critically evaluate it and watch what else is happening in our state. You know, and now we've got counties that are decided, you know, we're opening. You know, I, I was listening to a chap in Yuba City today, a tattoo artist on the way in a car. And he said, look, I basically have ran out of money. Right. And if I don't work, I don't eat, and I'm sorry, but I have to go forward. Now he's, you know, he's only allowing one client at a time in. He's, he's, he's cleaning his place out and everything, but the man has come to the point where he says, you know, I've, I've ran out of money. I have mm -hmm. to start working again. And so there's a sh there's millions of cases like that across our state, across our nation. People having to wrestle. Has he been impatient? Should he be waiting for the governor to reopen? Uh, you know, that these are the challenges we face as non-Christians and Christians. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so as Christians, we, it behooves us particularly to recognize, okay, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Lord Jesus. God is in absolute control. This pandemic has not taken him by surprise. It has come from his hand for his sovereign purpose. Mm -hmm. Now then, how shall we live? Yeah. That's the challenge that we've got. And, and patience is yeah. critically important. And it, and it strikes me that you could exhibit impatience if we were to reduce the situation we're facing in terms of how we gather, when we gather, you can be impatient on either side. You can say, you can be have an impatient knee-jerk reaction to, no, just whatever is given at the, you know, the governor's briefing. I mean, that that's it. And don't even think of thinking through it otherwise. Um, and that can exhibit a failure to think through right. the many different things, some of which we talked about at the Q&A last week of, well, you know, the, you know, the governor of California is not Caesar. Um, he has laws he's subject to, um, and there are, there are levels of even bureaucracy under him. There's the layer of even enforcement. It's been interesting to see even police chiefs defying and saying we're not enforcing the governor's rules because they're contradictory and, and uh, um, uh, unenforceable in their perspective. 
And then, of course, we go all the way up to the Constitution. And so there could be impatience in really thinking through this from a broader perspective. And of course, there's impatience on the other side where there's just really what we might say just a, a crass or insubmissive attitude towards our governing leaders, you know, really just going with gut reactions rather than considering and weighing it out carefully. And I think that's, that's something that struck me before in terms of the Christian life, whether it's being a pastor and leading or being a parent and leading your family and the myriad of decisions you have to make for your children from education to all sorts of matters, is we're never called to just react. We have the revealed Word of God. Right. Uh, we have the discipline of prayer. Um, we have the counsel that God has given us through the church, our other brothers and sisters, the pastors he's given us. And all of that works together for us to make decisions yeah. and, and wisdom being such a key uh, virtue that Scripture calls us to. So really patience is um, absolutely critical just to living the Christian life and making decisions because we have to weigh out what God said in His Word, how that's been applied, the counsel from other wise brothers and sisters, um, thinking through scenarios. And so it really just tends, whether it's personally in my individual life as a husband or father, or whether it's uh, together with you and our other brothers making decisions as a church, we, we have to think through things. We have to patiently work through difficult questions, and we have to have purposeful uh, positions and direction. Um, and this is something I've said even as a pastor to, to, to Christians at different times is say, look, make a decision on this. It could be different than mine. That, that's fine. But, but just do it on purpose. Don't just don't don't do from an informed perspective. Exactly. Think about it. Think about it. And even if even if you land on a different position, yeah. you know, have a have a position. Right. Don't just get in the stream and and be carried down by the current. Right. Don't do that in your home. Don't right. do that uh, in your personal life. And we can't do that as a church right. and as pastors. We can't just jump in a stream and let our congregation be carried down right. whatever direction. We need to make an intentional biblical decision. Right. And I think that you know that throws up even you know, Paul's exhortation in Ephesians 4, which I know has been very, you know, heavy on our hearts, you know, endeavouring to maintain the spirit of unity and the bond of peace. I think enshrined in that very exhortation is that you must, as part of that, be patient with one another, mm. right? You know, talk, it, it goes on to talk about forbearing with one another. Right, right. The idea of forbearing yeah. is the ability to be patient with one another. When we're not always seen eye to eye, when we're not always jiving exactly in the same place we've got to give each other room we've got to give each other space and i think you know one of the encouragements i think that you know i have had at least you know is, is that we have a unity in our eldership which is good but we've had to recognize i think you and i particularly because we have the privilege of being full-time and, and, and thinking about that's important to each other every day and texting each other every day and resting you know our other elders are non-vocational men and they're coming to it intermittently and it's been you know we've had to exercise patience together yeah where they're patient with us as we're trying to, you know, we should be thinking about this, guys, and then we're patient with them as they're trying to keep up to speed with what we're discussing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, last last week our elders meeting, I think, was really where there was just an open-hearted, this is where I'm at, this is where I'm at, this is where I'm at, with the limitations of Zoom, which I just hate, but you have to do it. Yeah. Um, I've been encouraged that We've, we've managed to keep walking together, you know, as, a, as an eldership mm. with the distance. And I think part of that is probably because we came into this with a lot of loving capital in the bank. Yeah. You know, 
we're drawn on that loving capital now as we work through this together. I think we're even still building some of that loving capital. It, it must be horrendous for elderships that would go into that where there's already suspicions amongst the elders and there's already divisions. I mean, God has been very gracious to us at that level. Um, yet, in the moment, we're still having to learn how do we be patient with each other yeah. as we work through that. I mean, I think you, know, you and I largely, by God's grace in this, have really tracked together very well on it in the, in the Lord's grace, I think, and he's helped us uh, remarkably. Um, and I think that's the challenge for a plurality of elders. But it's also, I think, we've found a blessing yeah. That you know, you're not making a decision on your own, waiting to see who's going to shoot you. I'm not making a decision. We're standing together, and we're not really moving if we've not got unanimity, because mm -hmm. the unity that we, by God's grace, have enjoyed, we treasure and want to keep. Yeah. After the coronavirus is gone, Lord willing, although they're talking about it being here indefinitely, whatever that means, you know, we want to have post crisis because it matters more than. You know, whether or not, you know, my brother thinks we should maybe wait another three weeks or we should move now or, you know, those are arbitrary decisions at some level. Yeah. Um, the greater issue is are we of one mind yeah. and are we are we are we able to be patient with each other? And I think in a plurality context, I think that can throw up real challenges about our own character and are we able to defer to each other uh, or is it my way or the highway kind of spirit? Yeah. And I think that's not the spirit that helps in a crisis like this. Well, and even, uh, don't, wouldn't you agree that that is God's design, pandemic or not, that's God's design the, for the church yes, exactly. to be uh, ruled by a plurality right. of leaders and to be led by a plurality of pastors. It intentionally, one of the designs is actually intentionally slowing us down. And now yeah. sometimes that can be exasperating and church members are, well, what are we going to do here, you know, unrelated to this? I'm like, well, the elders are still working through that. Yeah. It takes time. Uh, and that's God's design. We don't want to be in a situation of a, a local church where there's uh, a, such a hierarchical, tight leadership, even maybe down to one person, one man, and then things just change constantly. That's right. when you get in these situations where a church becomes a different church in the space of you know a couple right. of weeks, even doctrinally, theologically. Right. Right. And th that's an unhealthy situation yeah. by any stretch. And so part of God's design in plurality is intentionally slowing down impulses of... Right of strong leaders. And if you're an elder, you have some measure of leadership capacity. You're going to have some measure of initiative and zeal. Right. And so that being tempered by the insights and wisdom and perspectives of other men, uh, and even uh, the different capacities of men to grasp certain things, I right. think is part of God's design. And we've even seen that just unrelated to this, where one of us is got it, got a conviction and the rest of us are like, ah, I'm not there yet. Um, right. And, that is part of the design of the Lord to keep the church yeah. stable, right. uh, moving ahead. And we're, and we're again, just proving God's wisdom in this time because this time is rife with uh, where emotions heightened, um, uh, panic even in many quarters, us having to slow down and really deliberate carefully. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you mentioned it last Tuesday night, or last Wednesday night, and, you know, it was an excellent point and it's true that even the founders had the, a, a bit of insight in the way that they set up America so that the government doesn't move too fast, that it right. does, it, there is checks and balances. And I think that the Lord has got that built into the church yeah. with a plurality of elders and a congregational dynamic that elders need to give consideration to. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think it was a couple of years ago, you preached, Steve, a, a message and 
you know, I, I thought it was an excellent point you made, and I've always I've always thought through this over the years, and you just you just hit it as you often do, just clearly, that very often you you know for most of us our Christian life's transformation doesn't come from one sermon. Yeah. It comes from many sermons over many, you know, many forgetful, forgettable sermons, yeah. but making that impact on our hearts and lives that changes our life. And that's how God works in our lives. And you can see then that's really, the, there's got to be a patient approach mm -hmm. to the Christian life. You know, uh, you're in a church for 10 years and that, that preaching has changed you. But if you were to say, well, can you remember any really brilliant sermons? You may have one or two, that, but, the, but, you, but you sat under Second Corinthians or First Timothy or Luke's Gospel for two or three years, none of them were necessarily standout sermons. But the Word of God, as it washed and as it cleansed and as it exhorted and it corrected, changed you. Mm -hmm. God is never in a hurry. Yeah. We're always in a hurry. That's part of why we need yeah. the, the, the converting work of the Spirit to transform us, and that's what we've got to learn as God's people. Yeah. You know, we may think right now, and, and we do think this to some extent. You know, we've had some setbacks this year, things we wanted to do. We haven't been able to do it. And you know, we've had to work through that emotionally. And yet when we step back, we need to realize, well, the Lord has a purpose in all of this. We have to seek him to understand it and embrace it and not buck against it. Mm -hmm. And that requires endurance, patience, perseverance. The kingdom of God has not missed a heartbeat in all of this. Mm -hmm. The Lord is doing something and he's doing it in us. Yeah more than he's maybe doing it through us right now. And we've got to figure out, okay, Lord, how do we, you know, embrace what you're doing here and what you're teaching us right now as God's people? What do you think then are, uh, is, or maybe put in a form of a question, is patience, maybe we often construe it as sort of like a passive thing where I'm just sitting on my hands or, or stuffing down my urgent desires and, and uh, anger. Um, what, what kind of though active, graces and virtues are really operating when we're uh, walking in patience? Well, I think you mentioned at the beginning, I think faith is huge, right? Trusting God in the, in the belief that he is providentially orchestrating circumstances. You know, I think, you know, many years ago, I read McShane's memoirs and, mm -hmm. and he mentions in his memoirs how when he would get up in the morning, he had bad health, we know that he died at 29, but he would get up in the morning, sometimes at 11 o'clock because he was so sick, and he would have a prayer that would be, whatever God in your providence you have for me today, whether it be a providence of adversity or prosperity, give me the grace to embrace it and trust you in it and, and, and respond, react in a spiritual way. And I think that faith is required, undoubtedly, the ability to see that, that the Lord is in control of your life. I think humility is huge in all of this. Do you know better than God? You know, well, I would orchestrate my circumstances like this. Well, do you realize what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know better than the all, you know, the all-wise God of the universe. So I think humility is critically important that we cultivate humility in all of this. We don't know everything. We don't know all that's going on. Uh, this is why conspiracy theories often arise, because people are convinced they know, and really they don't know. Um, it's a lack of humility a lot of the time. So humility is vitally important, I think, also... I think having a teachability that we study things out and we understand things, maybe in the civic realm, certainly in the ecclesiastical, um, and we try to put things together. Again, then we have to, you know, at the end of the day, obey. We've got to put things into practice. Mm. And I think that that can be the challenge. Sometimes putting it into practice is you don't, you deliberately don't act yet, right? 
but you do something else. You maybe for us it's like, well, we can't gather the church, but let's do a QA to minister to the church. It wasn't like, well, we can't gather the church, so nobody can see what we're doing, so we're not going to do anything. No. We're intently committed to ministering to our people. You know, we have our care group system set up. We're, we're, we're doing counselling. We're, we're trying to, and we're realising, okay, as we're more absent together, we need to start kicking this up a bit. Hence the reason why we think the podcast matters. Yeah. So we're trying to do things to minister within the confines of the restrictions that keep a good conscience before the Lord, but also are actively pursuing the will of God uh, in a way that will bring honour to God and we trust help our congregation. So it's not, it's not to your point, you know, patience is passive inactivity. No, no. Faith, humility, obedience, you know, you've got to be, get creative. Mm -hmm. There's got to be an element of, we've got to put more thought into this yeah. because the souls of our people, for us as pastors, matter mm. uh, and we're concerned for their spiritual well-being. Yeah. So those are some of the dynamics I think are important. Yeah, I think in, in so much of it, as, and I just more and more as you know, I continue to reflect on on the Lord and His Word, trusting His character, um, that the that how much of the Christian life just comes back to who is God, uh, and trusting Him, and trusting what He said, and in His Word. I would think often in the realm of patience, especially when we talk about submission or during hardship from others. You know, First Peter two twenty three that the Lord Jesus did not revile when being reviled; um, he entrusted himself to Him who judges justly. When we're in situations where we are frustrated, angered, maybe we are, and we are justified. We it could be said objectively we are enduring um, wrongs against us. Patience in that endurance in that is not just biting your lip and taking it. No. It is trusting the promises and the character of right. the God who judges justly. Right. He says he'll judge. He is the judge. Um, we can trust his holy, loving, sovereign goodness over all these things and put it in his hands. And maybe that's a good way to even think of patience actively. You're, you're putting something in the hands of God. Right. You're, you're putting it back on his responsibility. Right. Or is that, you know, great prayer Martin Luther uh, used to, is said that Martin Luther prayed at the end of the day, Lord, it's, it's your world and your church. I'm going to sleep. You take care of it. Amen. You know, and that's... And for us as pastors, yeah. that's a great way to go to bed at night. It is. Realizing that, you know what? The, the church is in the hands of God. I can sleep because he never slumbers and he never sleeps, right. as the psalmist tells us, you know. Yeah, absolutely, but I agree. And I think that rolling it to the, the Lord's feet is not an easy activity mm -mm. because we keep wanting to take it back. And you've got to keep rolling it to his feet and, and trusting him and recognizing, you know, our hope is in the Lord and our home is not here. We you know, as I, I just preached on Sunday, we're sojourners and exiles, yep. right? We're going to glory. And we, we often can get caught up in the here and now in a way that's just carnal and unhealthy, and we got to rise beyond that in our hearts. It's got to be embraced in hearts. It's not just bite your lip and grit, you know, grit at it. No, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before Christ, mm -hmm. he endured the way of the cross, right? So we know the end, but between here and there, you know, in the words of Newton, you know, there are many uh, toils and snares. We've got to trust and we've got to embrace it in our hearts and know, you know, the Lord is in control of all of this and we don't have to fear. We've got to be discerning, um, but we've got to rest our hearts in him. And, and I think as well, I would say this, in a time like this, we should be looking to find out how we can serve other people. If you get inside your own head and you just sit inside your own house and all the rest of it, I think you can get yourself in. But there's not nothing nothing different there about being a Christian. 
we should always be people who are looking to serve others, whether there's a pandemic or no pandemic. Yeah. But in a pandemic, I think it even behooves us more. Look for ways to serve others that you can because it will help you to enjoy the Lord as he's called you to serve others. Yeah, and just because we can't do fully what we would desire and um, and pr prefer by, by a far stretch doesn't mean that we cannot pursue obedience and love and the other things that he's calling us to. And it's, it's even indicative of our generation, maybe in generations past where they saw difficulties, they just saw, well, that's just something of an obstacle to get around or to work through. Whereas we can tend to be, we're, we, we can be a generation of quitters and, uh, well, I, I can't get it done this way too easily, so I'll just, you know what, I'll watch Netflix. Right. Um, and right. it's just kind of easily giving up and yeah. uh, versus enduring right. and being patient. Know that, okay, this is going to be harder, or this is going to take longer, or there's going to be um, some things I'm going to have to surmount. But that doesn't mean that God is not with me and I'm still not responsible to uh, pursue a life that glorifies and enjoys Him and what He's called me to. Right. And I, that, therefore, at the very basic level is, Kick up your time of prayer with the Lord. Kick up your time in the Word with the Lord if you can. And enjoy communion with God during this season where He will be with you. Yeah. And, and he, will, he will minister to your soul. And I think that our communion with the Lord uh, is really the way to get through the, the, the adversity. Uh, you know, I think if you were stuck in a, a jail cell and you, weren't, you didn't have anything, you know, although I know they've got TVs and that, and, you know, but if you, what were you going to do? Well, if you've at least got access to your Bible, if you haven't memorized it, you could maybe do that, and certainly you've got to talk to God. Mm. I mean, that's what we've got. Yeah. And uh, and yet that's all we'd really need if we have faith and humility yeah. to recognize that. Yeah. You know? yeah, well, good discussion this morning. Yeah, thanks, brother. It's been good. For those of you listening, uh, for our congregation, uh, this is our first effort at our podcast, particularly Baptist. We trust that you've benefited from our discussion. And Lord willing, we'll be back with another edition in the not-too-distant future. Sounds good.